What is up, everybody? Welcome to this special Key 3 edition of the Dense Pixels podcast, even though it's not really, it's just our normal weekly show, but we're going to be talking about Key 3 uh, pretty exclusively. That, of course, is the Summer Games Fest. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. And Carrie. What's up? So we don't have like a very proper format for this. Like we're just kind of this could be a, a free flowing conversation about the our, our general tenor of the shows um, and, and the stuff that we saw that we're most excited for. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you'll get to see, you know, we'll have the trailers playing of the games that we're talking about as we go. So uh, look forward to that. If you're not watching on YouTube, trust me, it's OK. We're going to be talking the entire fucking time uh, and probably not referencing too much of what is seen in the trailer. So. We got that going for us. Um, but what was your guys' overall just impressions around all the stuff that we've seen uh, this weekend so far? Carrie? It's fine. We Look, we got so much fucking spooky space shit going on, and <laughs> I am not at all interested in the spooky space shit. And there's like there's so much spooky space shit happening. It's it's um, funny because like <laughs> when I saw the trailer and I saw the trailer a couple times, but they first showed it for the Xbox show for Scorn, which is that like that like gory horror game mm-hmm. that's coming out. Like it looks novel because literally every other game that they showed that was like horror themed was all in space this weekend. And there's literally like five games, um, including a, a new like new gameplay they showed from System Shock. From that reboot yeah. that's coming out over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as if, as like if I lost didn't have track enough. of how many spooky space games are happening, but there's a lot of those. Um, like there's the, the stuff that I'm most interested about um, isn't all necessarily like the big AAA titles. It didn't seem like we got a ton of big AAA titles. Um, there were a couple, but like not really. Yeah. Um, it seemed pretty sort of eh across a across the board um good old good old jeff Keeley really really tried his best to hype shit up during the summer games fest presentation and mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily worth hyping up <laughs> every time um i don't know it's just it's it's not the same as yeah. as e3 i think I, I think i think part of the problem was that uh, people level set beforehand saying hey there's not gonna be a lot of new shit announced like most of the stuff that we saw was things that we had known about previously we just saw new maybe content from it yeah um and the and i agree with you like the actual summer games fest live show the one that jeff Keeley put on on thursday was probably the least whelming of all of the shows and that includes like the the sub shows like like day of the devs and like the future game Wholesome show directs, and all, yeah. right and all that stuff like i like i found a lot more stuff to be interested in those shows um than i did during the summer games fest show i thought microsoft did a great job because they're doing such a they're working so hard to cast as wide a net as mm-hmm. possible um that as long as they hit you with like three or four things that you're genuinely excited about then they didn't they did their job and i couldn't care less yeah about i anything thought microsoft definitely had the best overall presentation um that we've seen so far um because now there's rumors that there's going to be like a big ass nintendo direct but like in another two weeks or something like that <laughs> so you know, whatever um <clears throat> yeah i mean Fucking Summer Games Fest ended on The Last of Us Part 1, which is a remake of a game from less than 10 years ago that has already been remastered once. And I'm just like, that's what we're ending on? That's the big... That's the big fucking to do <laughs> at Summer Games Fest is a remake of a game that's less than a decade old? Like, I mean, I'm it, so tired of The Last of it Us. Doesn't, it do, it doesn't help The that, Last of Us really was the last of it. Like, it doesn't I mean, help that no. that all three uh, that all three of us are pretty fucking tepid on the Last of Us series as a whole on this show. So, I mean, at this point, it's obnoxious. Like, <laughs> it really is because, like, it's it's like, such like a masturbatory kind of series at this point because it's like they made the first game and it was critically acclaimed and that's great, and then they made the second game and it was polarizing and fine. Um, but it's like they keep going back to that first game over and over again now. And I'm just like, I'm I'm tired of it. Like, I'm tired of this game. It it feels forced at this point. Like they couldn't just let it be popular on its own. They're mm-hmm. like, no, we're we're gonna keep remaking it on all these new systems. 
and we're going to keep upgrading the character models and you're you're going to fucking play this game and then you're going to go to HBO and you're going to watch the series and you're going to enjoy it. And <laughs> I think I'm like, I'm I, I think it's ha- I think it's half commercial tie-in and half like Neil Druckmann doing like the the Lucasization of The Last of Us. He's like this is the game I would have wanted to make if the technology was available at the time sure. and, and we're going to and we're going to remake <laughs> it with The Last of Us 2 engine. Uh, Micah, how how what were your impressions of uh, of all the things we saw this weekend? Just just the general tenor uh, of the presentations. Well, before we do that, I uh, as as I told Brad Carey that um, uh, I recently bought Resident Evil Eight uh, because it was on sale, and I just see now that Capcom is like, well, here's Resident Evil Eight Super Deluxe Edition. <laughs> you had to see uh, that yeah, coming. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so with like a playable uh, you know, epilogue, and now you can play Ethan third person, third person, and, like over the shoulder right, right. RE4 oh, style. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty cool because I think a lot of that's, folks, uh, there's a few folks out there who really don't care for the first person the first gameplay. Person? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I I don't mind it, but I would have preferred the third person. But uh, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. you're going to start um, over from the beginning, aren't you? Uh, no, no, uh, um, it's all good. It's all good. You can also, there's like um, a side story. You can play as big titty goth mommy now. Like, I, well, you know, I don't want to play as her, but, um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. The, um, <laughs> show was, <laughs> the shows, uh, were fine. I am, uh, I am excited for those who are excited. I don't know if I am just kind of aging out of, uh, video games and i i don't i don't want that to be a case but um i don't know if it's like the types of games or no i don't think it's the types of games i i but i really do think it's the marketing i don't like the way some of these games are just being presented to me mm-hmm. um gunfire reborn which is just like animals shooting each other in like wacky costumes like I, what am I going to do with that? Right? Like Flintlock siege of dawn, these titles, like what are you doing with these titles also? I mean, it doesn't, um, it doesn't help that Flintlock, especially like I saw that game and I was like, this looks like, like five other games that either have come out recently or are coming out. Yeah, just, man. Just like, with kind of a different motif. It's, it is just, funny how, I mean, and this, this is not new, but the industry seems to kind of, like like they follow trends like there's a popular game that'll come out and then you'll see a lot of other games uh, come out yeah. a couple of years later that kind of ape it i don't know what like flintlock and forspoken and all those games like that are emulating i guess maybe like god of war in some ways but it's they appear to me to be like you, you they appear to me to be the answer to um Maybe a God of War, but a little more Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. like the later years of Assassin's Creed, where where it is just full on open, uh, full on character adventure with RPG elements, and that's fine. But like Flintlock looks super generic. It look, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it just it doesn't. It looks like you said, it looks like every other thing out there, right? Um, what what else? Uh, look, I don't. This is probably just me. You young people will have to tell me, but I do not smoke weed and I am not in my 20s. So high on life, the Rick and Morty game. (laughs) I I, I feel like that game is specifically marketed towards like Rick and Morty. Look, I'm 10 years younger than you and I smoke a lot of weed and that game does not appeal to me in the least. So (laughs) I don't really know who you're trying to talk to here. That game looks um, stupid as hell. Redfall, you know, I mean, Left for Dead with vampires. Okay, okay. I mean, I get it. I get it, and I can see why. I can see how people would like everything that was shown, and the presentation uh, of the Xbox presentation was great. I agree with you. The Xbox presentation was great, but some of these things uh, just really. Uh, aren't for me i do appreciate um what what microsoft is doing um in terms of you know they want to be like the netflix of games right and you gotta have a wide variety of games right you gotta you gotta be able to say hey you want to play video games there's something for you as long as you buy game pass you will find something to play i appreciate that what i do not appreciate 
is Phil Spencer genuflecting to fucking Hideo Kojima. <laughs> like, I get it, yo. I get it. I like Metal Gear also. But come on, guys. Like, like he was... We are. We know you guys want Japanese games, which is true. Like you know, the Xbox. Yeah, but like Hideo Kojima is not game. like a ja- like when I think <laughs> Japanese video games, Hideo Kojima is not actually who I think of in like the first ten franchises. Oh, that's people at all. That's that's funny. I do because his games are always like weird as fuck, and that's like just one of the things. They're like if it weird, like if it's like, not, if it's not like a JRPG, I immediately associate yeah, no. Japan with like the weirdest shit possible no but i, I understand know. what carrie's i i i 100% <laughs> understand what carrie's saying they're weird they're not japanese weird yeah right? it's like, they're they're eccentric it's a weird like weird yeah it's a weird like mashup of like east and west weirdness that that kojima has and it just like i get it i get it but like oh the visionary director yo he made fucking he made he made Rambo, but like more overtly political. Right. Like he's truly, it, he's truly the Quentin Tarantino of the video game industry. Like he, he had a, he had a really pop, like a couple really popular games that like put him on the map as an art tour. And then like, he tried a lot of weird shit and that became increasingly polarizing. And, but occasionally yeah. they'll come out with something that'll be, you know, like a banger. Right. Right. And watch in eight years when this game gets announced, <laughs> I'll be super excited for it. Yeah. And then 10 years later, uh, my sons will be, will, will, will be happy to play it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, like the, look, the overall presentation, it was, I, I didn't have too much of a problem with it. Uh, it felt pretty standard. It mm. didn't feel as, it didn't feel as stuffy. Or as corporate, and I think it's because they didn't they 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 didn't have too many people out there who are not used to talking in front of crowds, um, you know, talking about their games, and they didn't have too many people who are used to performing, and then that's all they want to do is just like ham it up, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it was fine, it was fine. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it. I I always enjoy looking at like what's this new stuff coming out. Um, My issue is that um, one, it doesn't look like too much is coming for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and two, uh, you know, 2023 is going to be a great year. (laughs) It's it sure will. Remember my prediction that like 2022 is going to be one of the greatest uh, like gaming years ever. And then they shifted like, (laughs) They shifted half the games that were going to make it great into 2023. I'm like, well, I guess 2023 is going to be one of the greatest games <laughs> of all time. And 2022 is going to be the the year of Elden Ring. Like, that is going to be mm-hmm. what 2022 is. We got Elden Ring this year. Not fucking much else. Next year, we're supposed to be getting Breath of the Wild 2. We're supposed to be getting Starfield. A lot of big, lot of big shit. Yeah. Next year. That's right. Cool. Yep. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, like Jeff Keighley could have presented the Game of the Year award to Elden Ring during this presentation if he wanted to. Like, yeah, like in, in lieu of in lieu of Elden Ring DLC being announced, he'd be like, "Well, we're just going to give the Game of the Year award to Elden Ring now, yeah, because uh, we might we might mm-hmm. as well." Um, I do appreciate like the one thing that with with the summer game with all the stuff that I've seen this weekend so far is that it seems like that everything presented was presented with purpose. Um, there wasn't a lot of like time fillery stuff. And I think you get that more from the, uh, like the big third party publishers. So like, like the Ubisoft show just seems like a whole bunch of 10 minute presentations that should have been three, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and nothing but those. And I think EA kind of falls into that a little bit too. I think, I think they tend to show a little too much. It's very telling that for me, the draggiest part of the Jeff Keeley summer games fest stream proper was the call of duty modern warfare 2 presentation <laughs> like, like that was the one it where they so over the top for no reason and so long like they showed We're an entire an level rig. of the game we got yeah these fucking 20 foot tall things of these characters that you definitely know and remember from the very popular campaigns of earlier calls of duties what the fuck was that yeah i, I mean i mean again it's it because and because that felt the most E3 of all the stuff that I saw 
this weekend. Like everything else moved at a pretty but for like the worst pace. Reasons. Right, right, right. For the worst reasons. Like every everything else I saw like didn't overstay its welcome too terribly much. Like even even the the Starfield presentation, which was like fifteen minutes long. Um, it was long, but it was purposeful. Right. It it, it it was you were engaged the entire time because they didn't just focus. It's not like, hey, we're gonna walk through one level for ten minutes and show this. No, like they're like, we're gonna show some gameplay. Yeah. We're gonna show you character creation. We're gonna show you ship modification. We're gonna show you maps. We're gonna show you a little bit of the story. Just little little tastes of a lot of little things. A yeah. very solid overview of what to expect from Starfield. Right. Which was which was needed because we didn't have any of that prior to. Prior no, we to had like a teaser trailer right. from a year ago. So, I, I mean, I think that's a good summation of uh, of our thoughts on the show. Uh, before we get into talking about the stuff that we're most excited about, uh, Micah is going to tell you all about all the different ways you can engage with the TMP Studios Network. Go to densepixels.com slash fans. And get invited into our Discord. Uh, we have a key three channel there where you can talk about all the stuff that you uh, saw, you liked, you didn't like, all that good stuff. Um, go to dense, go to youtube.com slash dense pixels. You should really do it today because we're going to show you trailers that you've probably already seen, but you haven't seen them with our faces <laughs> reacting to them. Right? We can, we can do like every other stupid thumbnail and just pull a stupid like, oh! <gasps> face whenever we see something i literally saw a thumbnail of three dudes doing this wow like all right yo. like all right god damn it. i fucking hate I, I hate algorithms and and the stuff that you people click on but you people click on stuff that looks like this so th there you go click on it go to youtube.com click on it <laughs> you, you don't you don't think i'm ripping that still out for us okay you are <laughs> you are sad. Turning that mistaken. into the new Discord email. <laughs> uh, subscribe to uh, all the TMP Studios podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, including the Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. They're back. They're back. Uh, for $5 a month, $50 for the full year, you get access to all of the premium content, including the airing of grievances, No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues. Uh, upstage conversation, the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Um, that's uh, that's where you get all of our stuff. So do it. Do Very it. good. Look, I feel like we're dancing around Starfield, so let's just fucking talk about Starfield while we're here because I think that uh, among us, it's it's one of the things that we're probably all uh, most you know engaged with um, yeah. in terms of this goes. Uh, let me tell you something. I am. So on the fence about this game and whether I'm going to like it or not, because while it has everything that I want in like a space based adventure game with all the fucking tropes and things that come along with that, which I really like because I'm a big sci fi fan. It's also like this presentation showed me it is very much a Bethesda style open world role-playing game, which I usually fall off on because I just require more narrative than those games typically tend to offer. I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't necessarily agree with the narrative part. Um, like I'm no Bethesda, like super fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I've come, I think I've, I've played a number of them. I've only finished Fallout 4. I've only seen the ending to one of them. Um, and it's the, the issue with Bethesda games to me is that they have great little like little stories, right? Like, oh, here's a here's a here's a quest line that you have to go through, right? And, mm -hmm. and it's fun. But like the overall story is not that great. And I have a feeling that this is going to be the exact same thing. I feel like it's going to be fallout in space. I know everyone's making the joke of like, Oh, it's, you know, it's just like no man's sky. It's, but I feel like it's going to be fallout in space. I feel like it's going to be like the outer worlds, which unfortunately I didn't finish. Um, but I enjoyed, um, but at the same time, like having a silent protagonist in a game like this, 
doesn't really do it for me mm-hmm. because I, I, I don't need people talking at me. Like I need people, I need, I need, uh, for, for this type of game, I feel like I need, um, characters to be interacting with one another. It's also got that weird, like, and now I'm here to talk to you about a quest and I'm going to talk <laughs> to you in the face, just like this. I'm going to look I'm right at you. Do, I'm just going <laughs> to zoom right in on your face and I'm just going to do like this and occasionally move so that, you know, I'm not a robot, but I'm moving in the same type of direction, just <laughs> looping in this animation. So it feels even more uncanny Valley. And it's like, it's uh, so stuff like that takes me out of it. But, um, but look, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited for this game. Now, we're not, we're not looking at the part that we're looking at now. This did nothing for me. No, the, the mining thing, I was like, yo, this is No Man's Sky. It's literally like, No Man's this Sky. This is literally like, No yo, Man's Sky. Yeah. We're mining this planet, iron. This planet, this planet looks whack. Uh, I'm, 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 well, sure, well, te- technically this is a moon, Micah, just, just to be, just to be, uh, okay. just to be this, accurate with, uh, with what they, the, how they described it. This um, moon looks whack. I'm chipping, I'm, I'm breaking rocks. Like this does not look fun, but yeah. when the game, when the, when the, when the presentation opened up, I was like, okay, all right, I'm getting a little excited. For yeah. Carrie, you are the resident, uh, Bethesda super fan <laughs> in this I group. guess I'm, I'm the only one here who is like played and beaten multiple games multiple times um you know i've played and beaten three four new vegas multiple times uh skyrim and oblivion um yeah i mean this looks interesting i'm not sure how i'm vibing with the combat because i don't like real shooty games i like fallout shooty games see that that's the part i'm most vibing with like of all okay, the I stuff mean, they showed fine. i'm like okay i'm not good at shooty games and here's the thing i know that i can go in as in any bethesda game and crank the difficulty down on this shit um if i actually have trouble with it um but yeah, I mean, obviously there's no VATS system or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's going to play more along the lines of Skyrim in that sense where you can't like take a pause and be like, wait a second, let me target this dude's leg. <laughs> you got to actually, <laughs> you got to actually, you know, have a sense of aim and, and know what you're doing and whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this game is either going to be like brilliant or a janky unplayable mess. And I hope it's brilliant. And I hope the fact that they are taking the additional six to eight months, however long they they're taking in order to like polish this game up and, and get it into a uh, playable state, hopefully <laughs> when it releases, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they are taking the time to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like No Man's Sky enough and I like Bethesda games enough. So if this is going to be No Man's Skyrim, then, uh, yeah, well, fine. Cool. I'm in. Yeah. Um, I hope the narrative is interesting. The sort of tidbits that we got are just like, you join a team of explorers. And I'm like, okay. And then what? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm hoping there's some decent political intrigue and in different factions like you usually encounter in these uh, Bethesda rpgs and and whatnot i mean i'm excited for space like Mm -hmm. space is fun space is terrifying space is fun though um the scope of this game like i'm i i wish i wish todd howard was like yo this baby can fit so many skyrims in it (laughs) (laughs) but it's you know he said there's more than, you know, a thousand places you can go in this system that has, you know, a uh, hundred different planets or a hundred different systems or some shit like that. In this galaxy, which is bonkers to think about. I mean, obviously, it's it's one thing to play a game like No Man's Sky where everything's sort of procedurally generated. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is not fully procedurally generated. I'm about to say, I would, I would, I would. There's, there's going to be some procedural <laughs> generation happening here. But I have to imagine that there's going to be parts on like every single planet or moon that you go to that is like purposeful and there for a reason mm-hmm. um, rather than something that an algorithm generated because you happen to go there. Uh, I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff in other previous Bethesda games that is procedurally generated based on what you do in the game. That's never been like the bulk of the content, though. 
So I, I hope that the bulk of the content on these different planets is not procedurally generated. I um, I think um I think remember what I think they'll do it like the Outer Worlds did it, and I think they'll do it like Mass Effect did it. When you jump, when you hopped on a planet, you're on a map, and and that well, map outer or you mean it. Outer Wilds? Because uh, Outer Worlds was very linear in what you could actually do. You were very limited in what yeah, was. You made- Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing, but I know in Mass Effect when you when you jumped on a planet that you could actually land on, you just landed on a big map. And, but that's uh, that's not how they described it. Like the way the way base Todd talked about it is that you could literally go like land anywhere on the planet that you wanted to and explore it. Like like he made it sound very No Man's Sky esque in how yeah. in, in how we'll they see. Uh, would do it. We'll see because I want to be able to see like like they they did a little they did a little montage of all the different like terrain mm-hmm. that you can that you encounter when you go on different planets i want i hope that there that there is something like a no man's sky where it's like okay like eventually you'll come across a lake or something like right. that like it's not all just desert or it's not all just forest or it's not yeah. all just like rocks or whatever Dang. so we'll see like i said i i am encouraged um by the gameplay because that's usually where i fall off um well, I should say not where I fall, but where like I struggle through Bethesda games that their RPGs tend to not have the greatest moment to moment gameplay in them. Um, so the space building stuff is is also pretty cool. It's, yeah. It seems like a natural expansion of the kind of stuff that they first introduced in Fallout 4 and then actually continued in a major way in Fallout 76. Yeah. Um, so so like I said, I, I am I am I am cautiously optimistic about this game, but again, it's a great to me. Like a game like this is a great selling point for Game Pass because I don't have to spend seventy dollars to play this game. I can spend fifteen dollars for a month, and if I like it, then I'll just keep subscribing to Game Pass and playing it. And if I don't like it, then it's fifteen dollars spent to check out Starfield, and I can play some other stuff at the same time too while that's all going on so again lots lots of things to see uh in this that i like like i like the fact that you can customize your ship i like the fact that they actually have like space combat which looks a bit more robust than what they have in no man's sky um no man's sky space combat sucks i mean so the the way i heard the the way i heard this starfield described is what if no man's sky had an actual budget and and, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of hey. that's kind of what you're seeing um, with this one. So I think cautious optimism is where I land. But I also knowing that it's a Bethesda ass Bethesda game, um, I would not be surprised to see myself bounce off um, super quickly with this one. Yeah. Um, let's get to what me and Mike are, are super hyped about. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week, but Street Fighter Six looks dope as shit, and everyone that played it said it it feels dope as shit. Man, look, um, I want to go home and be a family man. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I kind of do. They uh, they showed Giles, uh, they showed Giles, uh, uh, character like showcase or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, my man, Giles looks awesome. He does, <laughs> uh, he looks nice, yo. Uh, he, he looks really, uh, he looks really good. He looks really cool, man. Like everything in this game and from everything at so. Very popular YouTuber Maximilian dude. He is um he's like the he's like a perfect bridge between casual fighting game fans and hardcore fighting game fans. Mm-hmm. Um he got to play this game. And uh he uploaded uh uh the raw footage and um and gave commentary for two hours, uh two straight uninterrupted hours uh of everything that he played and just everything that he's describing makes me so excited to play this game. Um, the the way the systems, the way the drive system. So every Street Fighter game is different, right? Every Street Fighter game, no Street Fighter game plays like the previous Street Fighter game, uh, which is why people have their favorites, right? Like all Tekken's kind of play the same, mm-hmm. right? All Soul Calibers, they all kind of play the same. But all, Fighters, all Mortal Kombat's play exactly. All the Mortal same. Kombat's are still like, uh, 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 uh. it's just like really fancy Rock'em Sock'em robots, right? Like, <laughs> but but all Street Fighters play different, which is one of the reasons why uh, I think this series has lasted as long as it does. And this drive system seems so incredibly interesting to have one resource 
to manage all of your abilities. It, it, it seems like a both offensive and defensive, and it seems like a system that is that feels so simple and seems like, oh, why didn't people think of this before? But I'm I'm glad they're doing it now. I'm glad they're using uh, elements from previous Street Fighters. I'm glad they they seem to be not finding a balance. Um, I won't say they found it because the the focus attack equivalent uh, in this game seems like incredibly overpowered. Like mm-hmm. it's a focus, it's a focus attack that can absorb three hits. Yeah, and it's it. it like it seems, it seems a little overpowered right now, but, um, and it looks amazing, guys. Yeah. Like, look at it, look at that. It 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 looks. Uh, I, I'm super excited. Hopefully, I like it comes the out like the the paint splatters that happen after you know when you nail certain hits and stuff like that. Like the it, it this is a game that like oozes style in a way that I really like mm-hmm. to to look at. Yeah, man. Everything, um, everything that I'm seeing. Uh, I've just been like soaking up as much of this information as I can. I'm hoping that we'll get like, if it comes out in February, uh, I'm hoping we'll get like two characters a month um, during the lead up. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm really excited to see like what other modes they're going to have in the game. Cause it, one of the things that it seems like from this early stuff that they've shown off for the game is that they want to make this as approachable a fighting game as you can. Um, they want to, it seems like they want to really grow the community for street fighter. And they understand that like, you know, the, the hardcore fighting game community is already there for you. Like you're not that worry about them, but you need to find ways to bring in other folks. So I think, you know, having that smash brothers style, uh, control scheme that you can optionally use, um, having stuff like a single player, like a hub world sort of thing. Um, and making that robust is a really smart way to do that. And I think that they really learned their lesson from five and coming out of the gate half baked um, is not going to is not going to work. Um, and I think no. they understand that and they know that this time. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, everything we have to learn about this game between now and when it comes out, probably in like March or around that time. I'd have to imagine they usually Street Fighter games usually come out like February, March, typically. So, yeah, um, game is also very gorgeous as well, <laughs> for sure. Um, what do you guys want to talk about next? Uh, what else was here? Don't really care about it. Yeah, look, I don't mind spooky space stuff, uh-huh. but like, <laughs> you're right, there's a lot of it, man. There, there's, there's a like, lot of spooky space stuff, man. There's there's a <laughs> lot of it. You know what? Fucking speak, speaking of spooky shit, let's uh let's talk All about right. my uh the game that I'm probably most looking forward to. Um, have been looking forward to, and I'm happy that we finally got a uh, release window for the game. Uh, supposedly it's going to come out in the first six months of 2023. That of course is Diablo four. Um, playing immortal has just kind of reminded me that I fucking love these games and I'm just waiting for the next big one to come out to sink my teeth into. And I'm really excited about all the stuff that they showed for the game uh, this weekend. They showed off the, the final of the base classes that are coming out, which is the necromancer, which seems uh, to kind of incorporate a lot of the different elements of necromancers from the Diablo series, which is pretty nifty. Um, they talk kind of about how the the game is going to flow in terms of all the different things that you can do in the game. I, it From what, listening to Rod Ferguson talk about it, it seems like that Immortal, in a lot of ways, is very much like a testing grounds for Diablo 2, and I don't mean that in the monetization aspect. I mean that in kind of rolling out new game modes and and new things to do and, you know, creating a shared world experience because they never have made um, a shared world game uh, in the Diablo franchise previous to Immortal, and Diablo 4 is leaning heavily on that. They're going to have, like, world bosses and public events and things like that that you'll be able to tackle in the game. Um, I'm just ready for this shit to come out. It looks great. Uh, it looks like it's kind of going back to that Diablo two art style, which players are very excited about because Diablo three got a lot of criticism from the hardcore Diablo community for being too colorful, um, and too, too bright. Uh, whereas, you know, Diablo, this, this God game forbid looks, your game have a little bit of saturation. Well, I mean, but like Diablo is a very <laughs> specific art style that, yeah. so, that people, that people like. I so. played a lot of Diablo. I played yeah. a lot of two when I was a kid and played a lot of three when three came out. Um, personally, like, I think Diablo 4 looks great. 
However, I still need Blizzard to like get their shit together as a company before I'm going to give them any more of my money. <laughs> I mean, that's, sorry, that's where I'm at right now. I mean, that's like, that's I think that's totally fair. I also think it's fair for people that are skeptical with the recent uh, monetization practices that we're seeing in mm-hmm. Diablo Immortal to kind of hold this game at arm's length. Now, they uh, the their community director did come out and say emphatically that there will be no pay for power in any way, shape, or form in D4. It's going to be limited specifically to cosmetics and expansion content. Um, so I'll, I mean, look, I'll take them at their word. I, I, was, I was telling Micah before we jumped on that uh, people forget that Diablo Immortal was co-developed with NetEase, who NetEase, literally all they do is develop mobile games. So like not having that uh, driving your you know progress forward in the, in the D4 development, I think is gonna hold true to their word um but but we'll see ultimately um this game's gonna be under a heavy amount of scrutiny when it comes out deservedly so um so let's just hope that it it will hold up to it but i can't wait it looks dope as shit it does man like i've never been like a huge diablo person like my first diablo was diablo 3 right because you know i'm always late to the party um but it's fun and um yeah, now now that I've kind of gotten the bug, um yeah, I'm I'm into it. And it looks uh it looks amazing. Uh I'm happy you can finally create your character. Mm-hmm. Um I I'm I'm happy to I'm 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 excited for it. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it to come out sometime in twenty twenty three when all the good stuff uh comes out. That's right. Apparently. So all you people who don't have like next gen systems, like don't be mad. You got till you got another six months. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like this this holiday, like what the fuck reason do you have to buy a next generation console? <laughs> I mean, I swear. There's there's really nothing coming out. Like like Microsoft's like, ah, the Overwatch uh open early access starts in October, guys. That's basically like a new game, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want to give uh uh bethesda money or not bethesda if you don't want to give blizzard money blizzard. like carrie doesn't uh, micah can tell you how you can give us money someone just yeah. as bad money and then we get like 25 and then us too yeah yeah you can give uh demons money and then you know uh we'll we'll we'll, we'll steal a little bit of it uh go to densepixels.com slash amazon uh you go to densepixels.com slash amazon and and do all of your purchases there not only do you uh, fund Lex Luthor, uh, but you uh, you give us a finder's fee, uh, and that's that's all we really need, right? Like it's the it's the easiest way to help out the show. Let's see what uh, pick up where you left off. Um, my asshole friend Jay uh, sent me a, uh, a a message saying mm. your birthday gift has been secured now this is obviously a joke because jay is a bit of a meathead now like he's he's uh, he's all into fitness and he's like he can't wait to tell you that he's got a workout right he's one of those guys uh and he said your 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 birthday gift has been secured and uh and and as a meathead uh who thinks i'm fat uh he said he said here it is and i click on the link and it's a cuisinart uh ice Mix serve 1.5 quart soft serve ice cream maker in oh, white. Boy. Um, I told him uh, that this is obviously a joke because um, if you get me this, I'm gonna get diabetes and die. <laughs> you can't do that because I got kids. Much me, me and Heath Slater, we got kids, man. So I can't, I can't, I can't have this. He said, obviously, it is a joke, um, which is great, but it doesn't have to be a joke for you. You can go to densepixels.com slash Amazon and get yourself a Cuisinart mixed serve, soft serve uh, ice cream uh, maker. Do it. I, I find it amusing uh, that the thing that Carrie was probably most excited about from E3 is the ability mm-hmm. to play Persona games on the PC. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 100%. Oh, yeah, dude. Like once it's because they opened this this by showing Persona 3 and then they confirmed that it's a port of Persona 3 portable. Um, which means that I no longer have to either try and stream it to PlayStation in a really janky manner or buy a PSP to play Persona 3 Portable. I can just play it presumably on Steam because they said it's coming to Windows. This was during the Xbox presentation. So they were like, Persona's coming to Xbox. 
and windows. And I'm like, <laughs> cool windows. All right, cool. Whatever, windows. Um, I don't own an Xbox and I'm really not trying to buy one. Um, they don't, I mean, Persona, they don't care. I, yeah. you, you didn't see an Xbox console during this entire fucking presentation. No, they were just like, here's some games <laughs> by Game Pass. Dumb, dumbass. Um, so first up out of the gate is going to be the port of Persona 5 Royal. Royale. Which our boy uh, Phil calls Persona 5 Royale. It's Royal. It's there are too many battle royale games, and it has poisoned poor Phil's brain because he called it Persona 5 Royale. It's Royal. Um, so anyway, that'll be out in October. Um, which means that those of you who somehow have never played uh, Persona 5 at this point, because it's only been on PlayStation, you don't happen to own a PlayStation. Congratulations. October 21st. Persona 5 Royal coming to Windows and Xbox. And then um, Persona 4 Golden has already been out on Steam. Um, so I imagine they're not going to re... I mean, maybe they'll re-release it in like the Windows Game Store or some shit like that. But like a Windows version of the game already exists. Um, so at this point, I'm just waiting on them to let me know when Persona 3 is going to be available. Because I really want to replay Persona 3. And I would love to play Persona 3 Portable. Because I never actually played Portable, I played Persona Three and Persona Three FES. I'm a little, I gotta say, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised they didn't have one of these ready to go, like right away. I am also a little surprised at that. Like, like I, like, like I figured, I figured they could have been like, oh, P5R is available today. Like, you right, can, right you now, can, yeah, you could just fucking go for it. So that would, yeah. I think that would have, I think that would have been like the icing on the uh, cake, especially in kind of a. Kind of a lull as far as like new releases. Like this would be a great you know way to get people that had heard and heard about these surprise, games. A yeah. surprise drop of a big Persona title. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now I can hold out hope that they'll port the PSP versions of Persona One and Two, but I'm not holding my breath because I think I'm the only person who actually wants to play those games. Uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns is a game that I'm kind of surprised at myself that I'm somewhat interested in, despite not being a big real uh, turn-based strategy fan and not being a big Marvel fan in general. Um, look, all you had to do is add cards and, and, and I'm fucking here. <laughs> it, the, the thing that, the thing that's encouraging me is that from all, from everything that I saw um, around this game is that it seems like that it's much more of a role-playing game uh, than something like XCOM was. Like it still has that tactical combat, but it's not like, on a grid um it's you know kind of an rpg and it just so happens that the bat that the battles are turn-based and you know positioning makes a difference so yeah whether you have cover or not makes right. a difference um yeah i'm i'm excited for this um the the trailers for this have have all been super interesting i'm a big fan of spider-man's new outfit in this game <laughs> the character reveals on this trailer were really cool we got um we got Venom, we got Spider-Man, we got Hulk, we got Wanda. Um, so there's there's some cool shit going on this in this trailer. So now Micah is I mean for Axis <laughs> makes great games, so I'm I'm excited for them to do something different with Marvel. Is Michael is your Marvel fandom enough to get you to try this genre of games that you might not normally uh be into? Um, it it's it's enough to get me to try it. It's not enough to get me to buy it. Hmm. Uh, if that makes any sense, it does look interesting. And I, I, you know, I'm pretty one dimensional when it comes to games. So I feel like I need to, uh, I feel like I need to broaden my horizons a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll try it. And, um, this is coming up. When, what is it? This is, this is a game. game? Uh, I don't Uh, think so. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, Uh, I I think you're going to have to think you're going to have to buy this one. So. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get a Brad and Carry seal of approval. Gotcha. Right. This before I, before I'm willing to kind of just throw my money uh, at this. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, you know, talk about Speedy Race Cars because um, they showed <laughs> off the trailer for Forza Motorsport, which I was really hoping was coming this year, um, but it is not. Uh, here's the thing though, like I'm a big Gran Turismo fan. I've never really jived with the Forza games, but again, it's. $15 to try and I will absolutely uh, try them. It looks gorgeous. Um, it looks as good as Gran Turismo does maybe even better in some ways. Um, I think they do like on track uh, 
just changes better than Gran Turismo has, especially with the cars themselves. Like the Gran Turismo did a good job with the environments, but not with the uh, never not with the autos as far as you know showing damage and debris and stuff like that. They like they the Ford do that. Uh, they like there's some damage, but it's not very v- visually represented on the cars huh. in Gran Turismo. It's kind of, it's a little weird that they still have never bothered to do that. Whereas Forts is like we like we can render each individual scratch on the bodywork, like <laughs> like in this game. So I remember, I remember like in the old days of Gran Turismo, they they used the excuse. They probably didn't have the technology to do it, but mm-hmm. they used the excuse of like, well, we respect these cars, and we don't want them to be shown, <laughs> you know, all dinged up. No, you can, love- like I said, your your paint job can get a little scuffed up, and and like you can do some damage to your body, but it's not very visually represented. But it's represented in your car performance like if you if you if you rub a little hard you're gonna have to go to the tune-up shop to get your the the dents banged out so that you know you have aerodynamic uh the least resistance possible in gt Uh, so you got got that going for you uh what else we got here because now now we're getting into like the kind of indie stuff uh carrie let's talk about pentiment because i'm like yeah a little interested in this um yeah this is an obsidian game which is super interesting because it doesn't look like anything obsidian's ever done before and it's by the guy who directed fallout new vegas this doesn't look anything like fallout new vegas um pentiment is a new obsidian game it's a 2d role-playing game um so it's going to have a bunch of branching narratives um they're calling it a narrative adventure game um it is set in 16th century bavaria and will take players on a narrative journey through the eyes of journeyman artist andreas mailer during a time of great social unrest um yeah i mean it it doesn't really look like anything i've played before and it's by a director whose other work i have enjoyed so i'm interested you know i it's this is not what I expected to see from Obsidian this week. I expected to see more of Outer Worlds 2, mm-hmm. um, which has been announced previously. But I don't think we saw any of Outer Worlds 2. They were like, check out this weird medieval drawing game that we're working on. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm I'm super interested. So um, I don't think it has even a release window. But well, uh, within, within the next year, because oh, November okay. actually is what they said. Oh, OK. As far we're, as that goes, yeah. So. Um, so we got that to look forward to as well. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here is I'm as I'm scrolling through my my list of trailers. Uh, Baron Breakfast. Say again. Baron Breakfast. Well, I, I was going to get to that. Uh, like okay. I have a couple like real short ones. Um, right. Nitro Kids like a card like a card based tactics on a grid game. Um, but this like I'm getting real Metal Gear Acid vibes from this, and I really liked the Metal Gear Acid games. Um, I'm like the only person that did apparently because yeah. <laughs> I did. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm not surprised. You yeah, know. like I, I like the gameplay of the games. The stories yeah. were batshit for a Metal Gear game, which which is, <laughs> right. which is which is which is saying something. Um, but no, Nitro Kid looks pretty cool. Uh, this one I think was during the uh, PC game show, kind of just dropped out of nowhere. Um, I hope it comes to consoles as well because it looks pretty dope. Um. Yeah, like I said, I've 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 pined for something similar to Metal Gear Acid for for many years, and you know, Nitro Kid seems like it could be uh, something to to it's deliver got that synthwave aesthetic about it that I like. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like the mu- the music on the trailer is also pretty pretty crazy as well. Um, as I was going through, um, another game that I saw, another indie, uh, Morbid Metal, uh, kind of like a uh, an action game. Uh, that they showed during the presentation. Um, again, I've been ruined by Elden Ring. That is maybe more willing than ever to try these like third person action combat games. I don't know if this is Souls like, but it certainly looks it um, from the gameplay trailer that they showed. It's too fast to be a Souls like. <laughs> That's I mean, could be true. Could be true. Might might be more like uh, DMC esque. Um, yeah. I'm interested to know more about it for sure. Um, but like you said, you see these big bosses and these like giant environments. It looks pretty dope. Um, like I said, something I'd, I'd like to learn more about uh, once we get a little bit more info as far as that goes. And then, yes, Carrie, talk about Bed and Breakfast, the game that I've heard. Baron Breakfast. Yeah, or Baron Breakfast. Baron Breakfast. Yeah. Um, it comes to Nintendo Switch and Steam on July 28th. Um, so we actually got the launch date this week. You run a Bed and Breakfast and you're a bear. So... You know, it's like a resource management sort of sim game where also you're a bear. And I'm 
I'm I'm interested. You know, uh, you play a bear. The bear's name is Hank. He opens a bed and breakfast with his friends. The game will have a management sim <laughs> elements with a linear story told alongside something to do with a weird, creepy presence that lives in the woods by your bed and breakfast. So, yeah, I feel cool. like I look. I feel like I would just watch this as like a movie. I, I wonder if my wife would be interested in this game because like you said, she she loves those management sims um, and this has a very cute aesthetic of course yeah so, I mean, not, not something you, I'm interested in to, at all there's some, there's some mini games <laughs> where you know you're going to have to cook for guests uh, that's its own sort of separate mini game um, you know I, I imagine there's going to be a few different uh, sort, sort of sub games within this in order to keep your guests happy at the at the bed and breakfast, but I don't know. I just I enjoy the idea of <laughs> a bed and breakfast run by a bear named Hank. <laughs> so yeah, that was, I'm very easy to appeal to, honestly. So yeah, for I mean for me that was all the stuff that stood out the most um, as far as games that I'm looking forward to. Anything else from you guys that were that were real standouts? Um, not really. A couple of like little little weeb teases, right? <laughs> but, but, then I, but then I see what the game is, and it's like, oh, I'm not gonna play. You know, I'm not gonna play this 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 action battle royale. You know, game. Uh, Nar- Naraka Blade Point. Yeah, that came play. out. That came out last year on PC. I think the big deal is that it's coming to console. Any any interest in that new toy, uh, Koei Techno game that they that they showed off? What uh Wulong? No, yeah. it does not um it doesn't do it. You you'd think it would, right? You think it would. <laughs> but it really didn't. Um it just looks kind of it just looks a little too generic for me. Um and look, this this kind of always happens in like new consoles. Um first year, year and a half, it's you know, people are just kind of feeling it out, right? Um and then in like year two or year three, everything just kind of, kind of gets going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the trailer for Wulong. It doesn't really, it doesn't really do anything. First of all, I thought Wulong sounded Chinese, but they're like, oh, this is Japanese. I'm like, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> doesn't sound right, but, but yeah, no, it doesn't really do anything for me. Um, yeah, just kind of, just kind of. Starfield and, yeah. and Street Fighter news and that's about it. The only other exciting news for me happened right before the show because we got like a one last sort of hoorah to promote what's coming in Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak on the Capcom showcase today. Um, so, I mean, the big, the big news, one, they're, they're adding multiple new maps to mm-hmm. The, the expansion whereas like Iceborne only added like one map and like a ton of ton of extra content and story on top of that so we're getting multiple maps out of the Sunbreak expansion but they're adding um, Espinas who's a monster from the Frontier subseries of Monster Hunter games and I believe this is the first time that a um, monster sort of created for frontier has been added into the mainline monster hunter games. So that's kind of interesting because that opens up all sorts of possibilities for what can be added in the future. But I mean, motherfucking Gormagala is back in monster hunter rise sunbreak and that's going to be a shit show and I can't wait. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And what's, what's nice is they have, they have plotted out, the free title updates, basically for the rest of the year, they said uh, free title update one is coming in August and will add Lucent Nargakuga as long as, as well as several other monsters, as well as a new locale. Um, Fall will add more more rare species and subspecies monsters, and um, Winter will have additional monsters content quests. And then they said they're continuing free title updates into. 2023 as well so if you uh if you haven't gotten into monster hunter rise yet now is certainly the time to do so because the game is on sale for like half price right now still it seems like it's on sale for half price all the time uh yeah i mean they it's it's 30 bucks right now and it's absolutely worth 30 bucks on steam uh or on switch 
Um, at this point, I play on Steam after having put more than 100 hours into the Switch version. It's the, that's the one series that, like, I feel like that I should be able to get into. And then every time I try to play it, it just doesn't – it does not click and I don't know why. Well, good news for you, Brad, because tomorrow <laughs> evening a free demo comes out for Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak that allows you to access all of the new different – you know, switch skills and combo moves. You get to check out one of the new maps. You get to fight against two of the new monsters. So if you haven't, if you're on the fence about it, um, the demo comes out tomorrow. Yep. So, so uh, we go to the post office. We asked you guys uh, about your key three experiences and questions and whatever else you want to ask. Uh, we'll start with Ejack who says, what kind of custom ship will you end up making in Starfield? Uh, something phallic. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah so, something something pretty um i tend to like pretty spaceships and not like gross junky looking ones so yeah oh yeah I, no no i don't want to i don't want something slapdash no. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the future. I like my future clean yeah i mean i i want to make something something sleek looking but still <laughs> Still, I'm I'm looking for function over form at the end of the day. Yeah, like I'll I'll put up with like a janky looking ship if it does everything that I want it to do. Very good. Uh, Amir asks, "Who crashes this weekend at the Canadian Grand Prix? Uh, Nicholas Latifi or Mick Schumacher? Um, it's Latifi's home race, and he's terrible. So I would imagine that if anyone's going <laughs> to crash between the two of them, it's going to be him." Um, Cam says, "Been playing the demo for the new Fire Emblem game, which is Fire Emblem here." Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and it's really cool getting to play a game in a setting I love, but really different story and gameplay. If you could take your favorite game's world, but play it through the lens of a different story or gameplay style, what combinations would you pick, Michael? What Mass Effect uh, revamp are we making? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. What um, what uh, what Mass Effect game? Um, a Mass Effect. Dating like, sim, except that already exists. Wow. So I'm yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that would not be that would not be my <laughs> preference. <laughs> uh, I figured game. yours would be some sort of. I figured yours would be some sort of like Mass Effect like card strategy game, right? Like, like that world is so huge. Mm-hmm. Like you can, uh, I could see, I could see that. I the only thing that translates the 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 uh the best for me would be like a real-time strategy mass effect game mm-hmm. um but i i'm terrible with those <laughs> and i don't want to just default to say a mass effect fighting game because like that's just like it, it doesn't stuff like that just doesn't work you know what i mean yeah i'll, I'll um, give you a weird one i i i have talked about before that I really, really like super mega baseball three, um, which I'm still fucking playing to this day. Cause it's so much fun. Um, I would love to see that developers take on a hockey game. Cause I think that they can make something that's really fun and they're Canadian too, which like you would imagine that it's like, you know, a match, a match oh, made in heaven, but I certainly don't have the time for like the EA NHL series for the sim games anymore. So it would be cool to be able to find, to see a developer, you know, play, you know, create a hockey game that kind of sits in between that arcade and sim experience, but like the, like sim style, but with a approachable control scheme and stuff like that. So that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see the super mega baseball devs uh, create a hockey game, which is not really an answer to the question, but it kind of is an answer to the question. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I was going to say like, give me monster hunter by way of Pokemon, but that already exists. It's called monster <laughs> hunter stories and it's very yeah. good. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I, there's nothing that I would want to change about the way golden sun plays, for instance. Like mm. I wouldn't want a different dev on that. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Johnny says Kojima is a goddamn genius. He's succe- he? he's successfully scammed Sony and now Microsoft and is making a quote unquote game. Uh, is Kojima the biggest carny in the video game industry? He's certainly up there. <laughs> <laughs> he bought everybody. He like he he convinced everybody that like he is the he's the like the 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 
the greatest thing in gaming, right? Like that's not an easy thing to do, right? Like a lot of people want to be, want to have that guy's like clout. Like that guy is like, he can, he can make anything happen. And no matter how ridiculous it sounds like to the point where I swear, man, like death stranding has to be like some sort of like prank, (laughs) <laughs> there, there's like how do you, there's a lot of people that really like that game though yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'm know, surprised I mean, at the people in my life who really like that game well to, to so to be to be fair from what i understand is that the game has had a lot of updates over time and apparently a lot of those updates made it a lot better to play so there's a lot of folks that did not like the game when it first came out that have revisited it and have enjoyed it much more um Apparently, like, it's a good, like, like vibes game. Like, it's a good game to, like, kind of veg to. Get high with? To get high on? To get high (laughs) on? You're telling me that a Kojima game is good when you're inebriated on marijuana? (laughs) If I had pearls, I'd be clutching them right now. (laughs) I Listen, I don't think he's a Cardi because I think he his desire to create these things comes from a genuine place. I just think he's a guy that likes to try a lot of weird shit in the game industry. And he's one of the few people that are able to get big developers to throw lots of, or big publishers to throw lots of money at him in order to try weird things. I also think he is the perfect example of the emperor's new clothes. Like, I don't know about that. I, I don't know, man. Like, 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 I, I, like I, just cause death Stranding didn't land with you. Doesn't mean that somehow like Kojima without Konami is like some, you know, false. Uh, no, I'm not. Look, I'm maybe that's not the right analogy. Right. But like, I, I have no, like the dude is talented. He really is quite frankly. Uh, uh, I'm not saying Konami was, was, uh, was keeping him in check or anything. Mm-hmm. No, uh, Kojima did Konami a favor. Right. But at the same time, like, I understand, like, taking swings, but I don't know, his Metal Gear 5, that was him, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it it didn't really, that didn't do it for me. Death Stranding, look, I've never played it. I'm completely ignorant to it. But from this ignorant person's perspective, like, the just the idea sounds just kind of, I don't know. He sounds like a hippie, and I don't like hippies. (laughs) Uh, I, I just don't. Like I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm old, and you know they say Mike is old, Mike. Mike is the dad from like a 1960s or like a 1980s yeah. like fucking <laughs> yeah, coming of age comedy. Yeah, I'm just uh, <laughs> you know I'm Principal Skinner at this point. You know what I mean? Like no, it's 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 the genius. It's the genius at making video games that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Um, we'll end with Mark who will kind of bring us full circle and just says with the weekend done, are there any games that you, uh, that you're more hyped or less hyped than you were before this weekend? And is there anything that came from absolutely out of nowhere and hit your must play list? I would say I'm more excited about Starfield than I was before. I was, I was sort of like, I very much had a wait and see sort of approach mm-hmm. to Starfield. Like I wanted to see what the game actually looked like. And now that I've seen what the game looks like, I'm more excited for it. Shocking. And I'm actually less a little bit like I think I I think I was more excited for Starfield before I knew before I realized that Starfield was just another just going to be another like, you know, open world Bethesda RPG. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. I felt like it was going to be something different. And I was like, no, this is this is pretty much the same game you've made before, just on a different scale with different features. Like, okay, I don't know about it now, but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, I was expecting uh sky um uh, starfield to be like a bethesda game in space mm-hmm. um and that's what it is and you know so my excitement is just kind of level um i'm i'm still excited for the stuff that i was excited for mm-hmm. right like like i'm still excited for like street fighter and stuff like that um i'm actually very excited for diablo uh diablo 4 i'm actually very excited for that um I'm talking all this shit about Kojima, but I, I'm very curious to see what he's going to make. Um, I, I, because like you said, he's not, he doesn't, he's different. And, mm-hmm. and, and an industry that we were just complaining does the same thing over and over again, right? Like half of these games look like other games, just not as good. 
he takes swings uh, and big swings. So I'm curious to see what he does. But uh, overall, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you like it, I love it, to, to quote Terrence. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's where I am with this. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think there's anything that I was that I'm more hyped now than I was before. I guess Forbidden Sons would be the only only one of those that you know I I was kind of tepid on it before, and the more I see of it, the more I'm intrigued, um, and probably more intrigued now than I ever was. Uh, kind of learning uh, more of the ins and outs of the gameplay systems. Um, you know, talk about less hype. Nothing nothing came out of left field that's like a must play. There's a lot of indie games that I'm interested to learn more about. Um, but nothing that I'm just like, oh my god! Like I'm counting the days down until until this comes out. Like the games that I'm counting the the game the game that I'm counting the days down to is Diablo Four. Like that's that's pretty much it as far as that goes. And I'm probably gonna end up getting like fucking D two R to hold me over because Immortal's not gonna be enough <laughs> in, the, in the long in the long in the long run. So, um, and I'm also curious to see what Nintendo's got coming because they there's still a lot more to see um, from the games that they have that are coming out this fall. And I swear, like there's too much smoke. For there not to be a fire about uh, a Wind Waker and Twilight Princess uh, Switch remaster or Switch re-release, and yeah, I would like to play Wind Waker finally at some point, please, because I've never played it before and I'd really like to. Really, I never had a man, system that had it. Really good, man. Yeah, I never, I never. You no, know what's bonkers is like so. the Wii U version was incredible. Yeah, but like who the fuck the- owned a Wii U? <laughs> besides, besides I- Carrie, Car- Carrie and fourteen million of her friends. Yeah. Which sounds like a lot, but not really. So, no, <laughs> so. not nearly enough. Nope. So uh, that is that is it for this uh, special key three edition of Dense Pixels. Uh, we will be back to your to your normally scheduled uh, terrible news um, in the video game your, industry. Your regularly scheduled bullshit. We'll <laughs> yeah, be back me. next week. Sure, rest rest assured. Um, you can follow us on YouTube by going to youtube.com slash dense pixels, hitting the subscribe button again. If you did not watch this on YouTube and you want to see some of the game trailers that we were talking about throughout the show, um, you'll be able to see them on this episode there as well. Make sure you subscribe to this show as well, as well as all the other TNP studio shows, wherever you get fine podcasts, uh, go to densepixels.com slash fans to join our discord. So you can chat with us and other folks that listen to the show. And don't forget to go to twitch.tv slash dense pixels to follow us there and follow us all individually. I'm Dense Pixels Brad, Carrie is up, it's Carrie, Terrence's Apparition 410. That's it. That's all That's we got. It. That's it. So hopefully we delivered on your expectations for this uh, key three episode of Dense Pixels. See you later. See ya. See ya.